Hi, it's Sharon Swing. Before we get started on today's podcast, there are two opportunities we would love to invite you to join us in. One is a Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. It's a life mapping virtual group that will be starting September 10th. I'll be leading that along with Joan Kelly and Sybil Towner. We would love to have you join us. Second thing, a live in-person workshop in the Chicago area for people who want to lead others through the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. We would love to have you find out more information at onelifemaps.com. That's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com. You'll see a link to those two opportunities off of the front page. Now for our podcast. Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing. Welcome to another episode of the One Life Maps podcast. Around the table today, I have two of my favorite people. Say hi, Sybil Downer. Hello. Glad to be here. And Joan Kelly. Hello, everybody. We're happy to be here. We're sitting here and... uh, talking about what we're going to title this episode, which is yet to be determined. So we'll see how this conversation <laughs> goes. And, uh, but we're going to start with a quote from John Monborquette that comes out of a book, How to Discover Your Personal Mission. And it has so much to do with how we do what we do um, with Listen to My Life. And this quote is a part of the My Life Story Map out of the Listen to My Life Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in Your Story portfolio. And so we'll start with asking Joan to read that for us, and then we'll launch into conversation. Okay. It says, The past heralds the future. The lines that you see in your past will guide you in discovering your mission. As you recall your personal story, you will be recounting the deep work of your soul, and you will gradually become aware of inner callings often left unheeded or forgotten. To remember means to remember or to reassemble what has been dismembered or dispersed. Remembering or going back over your story allows you then to reassemble into a coherent whole, the pieces of the puzzle of your life. Scattered memories, unfulfilled desires, abandoned projects, and so on. Bit by bit, you will grasp hints of your mission, which, like the stitching of a piece of cloth, appears and then disappears throughout your story. When you have finished reconstructing your past, you will examine your passions, your tendencies, your persistent interests, your dreams, realized or abandoned, you will then be better able to recognize your soul's impulses and efforts as it strains to give birth to its mission. Mm. So this particular quote, we have so much good content that's basically revolving around this idea of how important our past is in understanding our own story to understanding how to shape our future and the decisions we make. That's the reason we do things is, is if we can recognize what our story lines are and how we have recognized and responded to God or not in the back, in the past and how we recognized 
and responded to what's really happening inside of us over time as well, um, there are clues there that help us to know and to shape decisions for today and for our futures. And so that is the nut of what we want to get into today. So, Sybil, what is it that stands out to you in this particular quote? Well, I think uh, it's an invitation, and an invitation to really take a journey that's not a particularly easy journey, because most of us in our lives have had some good things happen, some hard things, maybe some evil, even pretty difficult uh, challenges. And what we've done is we've learned a way to cope. And so when he talks about inner impulses and the work of the soul, we, we just begin to become numb to that. And we've really picked up a way of living that has much more of survival in it and probably has some thriving because in this, what's written here, the soul is always seeking to be heard and to really move us to a better place of our value, of who we are, what we've been called to do, and our particular and peculiar place in the world at this time to bring a beautiful contribution that no one else can bring. Mm. So I just, uh, I just think it's, it's a deep invitation to uh, do the work of looking back. And in our Christian culture, that work has not been as greatly encouraged. Um, some of that work has been relegated to the basement of a church, if it has a basement, to 12-step programs. Mm. But it isn't for those who are trying so hard to be okay or perfect or whatever their culture invites them to look like, whether it's a church culture or whether it's a community culture or even a business culture. Uh, so this is um, this is a journey that will take some energy. It will take some time. Um, it will actually take facing ourselves. Mm. And I, I think... Out of that, what came to mind as you were speaking, Sybil, is that there's expectations that come our way that are handed to us over time. Um, our parents have expectations for us. Um, if we're part of a church community growing up, there are definitely expectations on how mm -hmm. to behave. Um, I was listening to um, an interview with someone that was talking about being an Asian-American woman and what being an immigrant in this country looks like in terms of the expectations that, uh, well, you're going to go and become a doctor, right? Or you're going to, you know, this, it, these are the career paths that are acceptable mm -hmm. and expected. And if you fall in those lanes, things will go better for you. And listening to the to the calling each one of us has that may be different than the expectations we've been given mm -hmm. or even expectations that people don't even know they have 
put out there necessarily, but we have definitely absorbed. And there's someone else in my life that I recognize. There's no one putting those expectations on her, but she has this inner voice somehow that tells her she has to be the best at everything. I'm not sure what she thinks would happen if she's not, but it drives her in ways that that are so destructive to her own soul. And the people that love her the most are always saying, would you like be a little easier on yourself? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I just think that sorting out your story, there's a piece of it that we have to figure out what we're going to take with us, what we're going to leave behind about the stories that other people have handed us and the stories that we've told ourselves about ourselves and what it means to be, quote-unquote, successful, what it means to be happy, what it, you know, because advertising will tell you all day long that, you know, what it means to be happy is to have more stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's part of what came to mind for me as you're, mm-hmm. is, as Joan was reading it and so you were commenting on it. What about you for you, Joan? I mean, for me, the big word is remember with the dash in the middle. I, I, Sybil used that many years ago and it comes from, you know, from as a part of this quote, but for read that piece again, um, to remember means to re dash member or to reassemble what has been dismembered or dispersed. Um, remembering or going back over your story allows you then to reassemble into a coherent whole, the pieces of the puzzle of your life. And, you know, for me, I just, for me, that reframes this idea of looking back at your story. You know, so many people, when you say this is, you know, this is the work that I have done with my story or, and then they start to think about them looking back at their story, like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to go back there again. This kind of um, phrase, I think, helps a little bit of reframing, like, no, this is the work we're going to do. We're going to go back and look at some of the pieces and put them together in a way, together with God. Mm-hmm. Together with God is an important piece of this that that can make some sense. But I get where they're at. It's yes. like when you dump the thousand-piece puzzle on the dining room table, right? And you're like, oh. This is going to take forever, and I'm going to have to do this by myself. Yeah. Well, and and, I mean, it's hard enough to turn all the pieces over. You turn the piece and find the edge pieces and and those blue ocean pieces (laughs) that just go forever. The sky that looks. The sky. (laughs) So, um, so there's actually something really truthful in that uh, reaction. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't go back there because I can't go back there with who I am right now. I don't have the skill or the way of being that will allow me to go there. And something of what you said, Joan, in the sense of going with God, a part of the first work before you dump the puzzle Mm -hmm. pieces of your life out are actually to begin in some spiritual practices Mm -hmm. and to begin in just allowing yourself to let God's voice have some room to speak what is true in this current moment Mm -hmm. with all of your life unassembled Mm -hmm. and the current part having some issues in it that you'd like to 
have switched or changed or mm-hmm. uh, a redo on them, but but those spiritual practices of silence, of solitude, of coming to Scripture in a way in mm-hmm. which uh, Scripture reads your life, and you begin to get the note of God's love for you. Well, mm-hmm. you remember who He is. Amen. And so that's where you have to start, right? right. Remembering well, His character. And leaving this stuff in the box, all the pieces mm-hmm. in the box, um, means that I'm kind of destined to repeat the past in some ways or to live in a way that, that what, what are the chances I'm going to be able to align my future decisions with who I've been made to be or a way of being. So it's not just about what you're going to do, but how you're going to be, mm-hmm. even in the midst of circumstances that can't be changed. And um, so to leave those in the box or leave them just scattered all over the table or whatever, there's a real cost to that, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, the weighing the cost of, of, of kind of the mess that you might get yourself into when the puzzle pieces are dumped out with, well, how do I want to live the rest of this one and only life I've been given? And as you were talking about the metaphor, the puzzle pieces, I thought about our family um, when the power would go out, and we—that's when we'd do puzzles, and we would uh, we would dump them out on this on this big square uh, coffee table in front of the fireplace because a lot of times the, when the power went out, that would that also meant that the furnace wasn't working, <laughs> and uh, and our favorite puzzle was the Muppets, and it was all the faces of all these different Muppets characters. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of an interesting study in uh, different personality types <laughs> when you think about all those Muppet characters. But that maybe God is is asking, because we want to do this under God's guidance, and he's not going to dump all the puzzle pieces at once. And uh, maybe he's just dumping all of the Fozzie the Bear pieces out right now, and you assemble Fozzie. <laughs> and then you go on to Miss Piggy, <laughs> you know, so, because that sorting of the puzzle pieces into light colors and, mm-hmm. and textures and things of that kind is part of the first piece. And at least in my experience, God hasn't dumped them all at once. Mm-hmm. I mean, recently I've come across another, another area of my story that I knew about and I could have told you about, but it's like, oh, there's so much more there that he's inviting me to step into right now. Not easy, um, but it's like, okay, if, if he's inviting me, I've done this long enough to know that I can trust him. I know that I can yes. trust him to take me the next step and let this thing unfold because it's in his hands um, to, and he, and he keeps giving me new pieces of the puzzle, you know, to that, that, that seem to fit together the things I'm running across and the way I'm hearing them and the, and the different kinds of events that have happened that are bringing these things up in me that are not easy to recall or to deal with. But yet the good news is about doing story work, like I said, is I know the story is going to turn out okay. And if it hasn't turned out okay, it's not over yet. 
you know, that's kind of how. (laughs) So, um, so when I think about that puzzle, it seems to me before you put the uh, pieces on the table, this aspect of the spiritual practices, just take a look at the picture that is going to be created. Something drew you to it. You know, it might have been something fun-loving, piece of beauty, a place you'd been to. But something, people don't do puzzles, I don't think, for the most part, of something they really don't like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so take a look at that. Take a long look. Take more than a long look at the shades of blue, the shades of green, the interspersing of new color so that, in a sense, it's a part of the reassembling of your life. You're just letting yourself, through the metaphor of a picture, you're looking, Mm -hmm. and you're actually opening a new space, not only in your brain, but in your heart and Mm -hmm. uh, and in your body of seeing this. So when those puzzle pieces come out, you have a noticing of the gradations of color. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just, and even in the sort of beginning sorting, you, you do a better job. So I just say that space of really quiet looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Looking invitation. at the picture on the yes. front of the box. Meaning, metaphorically speaking, God has said some things in his word about who we are. Amen. Um, that we can look at in terms of what his plans are for us, that they're for good, not for harm. You know, all of those those verses you could you could list in all of the the uh, the verses that talk about God's love. And I think another piece that comes to mind for me here is a trust in my and everyone's original goodness in God's eyes. Um, I think when we start with a picture of original sin instead of original blessing, that, yes, we're, there's a lot of things that are messed up, but underneath there's a core in us that is good that God said is very good. And he's trying to help us to uncover that thing that's already there but if we if we really take in the idea that we're flawed to the core then why would you want to dig around in this stuff you know why how would you ever get the courage Mm -hmm. to do that if if digging down to the bottom means i'm just going to find out how ugly i am (laughs) so a part of remembering is kind of rewiring i guess Mm -hmm. is is a piece of what i'm hearing here you know in a lot of respects of me rewiring who i believe i am and who i am in christ and that feels like a a big piece of this Mm -hmm. you know puzzle and and one of the lines here is becoming aware of inner calls often left unheeded or forgotten. And that's what that long look and gaze, which you say in scripture in the Listen to My Life on the reflection page, at the top it says, um, remember. The word is used, remember. Remember that you are a beloved child of the Most High God. Be listening for him, and he will bless you 
to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. So that's looking at that whole puzzle. There's not a piece missing. So something in that is really important. There's no there's no part of your life that you can delete. Mm -hmm. There may be a part of your life that God says, you don't have to carry this Mm -hmm. anymore. I will carry it. Mm -hmm. But all of the parts of your life, in some mysterious way, belong. And that's really hard to get a hold of. But this reassembling process which you can begin by yourself, but you are not alone, and it is advisable not to do this without a companion Mm -hmm. or some other companions. Mm -hmm. This is a place, uh, well, someone said it at the beginning, it's not much fun to do a puzzle alone, but it is wonderful to do a puzzle together. And something you notice about doing a puzzle together is you can go for extended periods of silence with someone right next to you. And it is so comforting. Mm-hmm. It is just comforting to... Well, I think it, it's it's motivating, too. Yeah. And and you see a perspective. You know, you, Sybil, if you were sitting across me, you would see a perspective that I don't see. Yes. Or you would see a piece that I didn't find that's yes. important for where I'm working. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what you're saying there is when in that companioning, that actually both of our stories are being um, reassembled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, together. Yeah, and just so you see somebody working on one part of it, and you say, "Oh, I think this piece mm-hmm. might fit over where you are." Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a beauty in that. But mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just saying we our focus is on the reassembling. Mm -hmm. And we're not looking at what was wrong. We're looking at really how to bring this this beauty of a life into completeness. Mm -hmm. How it's going to get redeemed, because we know that our stories are God's stories and all of his stories are about redemption. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's used to working with broken things. Yeah. So. uh, Big messes. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe not just puzzles, but shattered pieces sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so again, that aspect and in this, um, in this quote is, it is allowing us to reassemble into a coherent whole. And. Uh, the the pieces of the puzzle of your life. And so saying what that is, scattered memories that somehow now fit together. Um, unfulfilled desires that we wonder, are those just gone? Or is there a way in which God in this season, in this life, and one of the stories I just think about in, in unfulfilled desires... Um, uh, Sharon and I did a uh, uh, podcast with Karen and David Maines, who have been in radio ministry for many years. They 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 know this kind thousands of, of episodes said, of Chapel of the Year, yes. <laughs> and 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 again scattered memories when uh, we went into their home mm-hmm. and 
Sharon began to set up the microphones and everything. I mean, it was as if we, and I've been in the uh, radio room with them uh, when they did their radio programs. It felt like we were back at Chapel of the Air. And, uh, and so some things began to emerge. And the funny thing was, um, uh, David was getting ready to just try to leave the house, but we to go did, to the post office. Yes, yeah. yeah but, but we detained him, and uh, then well, Karen definitely roped him in, <laughs> and he sat. <laughs> she didn't want him to miss yes, out. Yes, and sat down. And when Sharon interviewed the two of them, I mean, something happened. And there were some scattered pieces someone in Pennsylvania had kept the years of recordings of their Chapel of the Air talks. I mean, with Chuck Colson, with, I mean, with people who Hmm. now are no longer here Mm -hmm. and, but they have the recordings of them and can, uh, can pull them forward. And it has set, and you look at this next uh, place, when you finished reconstructing your past, examining your passions, now this this didn't happen in a classroom setting. This happened in an ordinary asking and receiving moment of life. Your tendencies realized or abandoned, you'll be better able to recognize the impulses. And the impulse of how this thing worked has set David and Karen on a fresh mission, and someone has said, "I'll underwrite the project." Yeah, they they had an i they had a just kind of an idea that they might do a podcast, and they didn't really know how they'd go about it, or exactly if they should, or whatever. And then we show up and and do this interview with them, and it's like, oh, we got to do this. So they invited me back and said, "Okay, what equipment do you use? How do you do this?" And their son was involved, uh, and and so their their new podcast they're going to do. Uh, because both of them, uh, I'm trying to remember how old oh, he, they are. Oh, he's 80. He's uh, she's 78 or 76, and he's 82. And so their their new podcast is going to be called "Before We Go." And so it's kind of like, okay, here's our final thoughts on life and wisdom and all that. And then they're also going to republish all the Chapel of the Ears because they didn't know that those recordings existed, but they had contacted someone. That's so cool. That's going to produce the podcast for them. That's going to bring it back. And I mean... Karen wrote it wrote us a, an email, and I've talked to her since then. I mean, just lit up. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, that's just an example to me of when we're paying attention to the threads. And I mean, I love this piece of of the John uh, Monbrookhead quote that says, "Bit by bit, you will grasp hints of your mission, like the stitching." on a piece of cloth appears and then disappears throughout your story. And all of a sudden, you know, they had this faint idea and then we show up with our podcasting equipment and what do you know, that little stitch came up through the bottom <laughs> mm-hmm. and went, Oh yeah, we, we can do this. We can do this. Yeah. This is doable. Yes. And, and what you see uh, that happened there. And I think it happens in most cases, but it was relational. It was relational. It was out of a love and respect we have for them Mm -hmm. and they have for us, Mm -hmm. that they invited us into their home. 
and something got sparked that really is bringing a fresh completeness into their lives. Mm-hmm. So, beautiful. yeah. So oh. I just think that that aspect of of assembling our story. This is not. This is not an alone project because honestly, your life didn't happen alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were two people who brought you into being. And there has always been a community involved, and there's always this desire to somehow be in some space where you belong, mm-hmm. in some space where you just know you're deeply loved, mm-hmm. and in a space where, you, where you're going to have a purpose and contribution. It might, small or large, makes no matter. We live in a... Um, a grandiose culture that's always looking at at big things, but small things, small things. Just a, a young man this morning is going to spend time with um, a, uh, a a guy who is actually probably a year older than he is, but who has developmental delays and can't be alone. But he's going to companion him. Now, who's going to know about that? His family, maybe one or two people. But that is a part of an important contribution in the world. And that kind of contribution is going on all over the world. And it is a part of remembering and reassembling both of the lives of those people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just it is not without community. We're going to be drawn towards something that brings healing and hope and peace and fill needs, and, you know, those are the kinds of things God wants us to put in motion to do. I mean, I can't tell you how many people just, they don't, you know, like, oh, I could never do that, or they they kind of under, they underestimate themselves to the point where they don't try some stuff, and in the midst of not trying, they don't find out what their passions are. Right. Do you remember your? Um, uh, let me see your word for the year. I can't. I, I can't say it Fearless? properly. Yeah, but f- well, what would it look like? If oh, my lingering question. Yes. yes, this year's this year's word for me is fearless, which it was like, oh no, this is not good because I'm probably going to have to face some really big fears if 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 I feel if I sense God's giving me the word fearless, like yes, oh no. That, but then the the lingering question that you're asking about Sybil is what would it be like to let God's love eradicate my fears? Yes. And um, for me, that question has all kinds of interesting texture to it. Um, God's love eradicating my fears. You know, like, okay, believing that God's love is bigger than my fears, bigger than my failures, bigger than any failure I could move into. Right. So, okay. If God loves me regardless, then what am I risking is kind of, there, there's a yes. piece of it there. There's another piece of it that is about, um, oh my goodness. It, it's about tuning my ears to God's love and deafening all of the other mm. voices. What if I was unresponsive to anything other than the voice of God? Right. So that work is actually the release of those voices. 
It's naming that they were there. They may have served you in some way for some period of your life, but they are no longer helpful or necessary. And uh, And even if they were meant for harm, sometimes they have a lingering effect. And uh, so releasing them is certainly critical. Right. And the the forgiveness and and in fact, uh, Sybil speaking out of a conversation we have last night about a subject matter I'm not willing to talk about on a podcast yet. The the idea there, I mean, there's some forgiveness that needs to Mm -hmm. happen there, not only for some people who harmed me along the way, but also... um, also forgiving myself for responding mm-hmm. in, in, I wish I would have responded differently. I should have seen it. I should have known it. I should have been wiser. I should have, you know, all those kinds of things, those should have kind of statements. And God is just weaving together all of these pieces to help me to see some things that I could have told you some of it before, but to see it at a different level, that deeper level, it's like, okay, there's more healing to be done here. And God's provision of bringing those, though that storyline to the surface again, um, so that he can bring it to fruition in terms of healing and, and possibly, um, I don't know, but he usually doesn't do something in me that he doesn't want have flow out through me in some way you know it's it's, that's kind of how this whole healing thing works so you're accepting the invitation to remember to go back to Mm -hmm. reassemble and I hear you Sharon saying that you're um you're inviting God you know you're accepting is it you're to go with you oh well why the heck would I want to do it without him and it's kind of all this is kind of happening to me in a way um it in terms of, of pulling it to the surface. I have, I have, I didn't do anything to create the, the, the string of circumstances over mm-hmm. the last 18 months that have, that have pulled on those threads of mm-hmm. my story. Mm-hmm. Things have happened around me. Things mm-hmm. have, um, have, have, and, and random things that I wasn't going out and looking for to listen to certain interviews on podcasts or, or read particular things about certain, you know, I thought the subject matter was different than what it was. And all of a sudden I find myself being instructed by other people's stories, you know, Mm -hmm. them doing some really good work of self-reflection and naming what happened to them in a way that helps me to look back at my own story. So through listening to the stories of another, um, and it wasn't because I intentionally put myself in a place to listen to those, to those particular stories. There were a whole lot of others that, that, you know, I opened myself up to because of the work we do with Listen to My Life. But God is weaving something together that is so obvious that I'm supposed to be paying attention to. And, um, and like I said, been at this long enough to trust him that, that there's good at the, yes. at, on, on the other side of it. So, so you're, what, you're, um, what you're saying to not only yourself, but to each of us and to those who listen, uh, that timing is really important. Mm-hmm. and there there are enough things going on, and you have experienced this movement of God before. This is not new to you. Mm-hmm. It's just at a more um, 
a more freeing and completing level of who you really are. And so I just say there's, we need to pay attention to timing. Oh, yeah. And if this, if this particular piece of my story would have been something that God brought to me when, we, when, I, when I'd started doing life story work for the first time in my mid-20s, um, I would have run screaming, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and just to go back to what we said at the very beginning, it's my hunch that spiritual practices were not a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And the coping strategies that you had for living life as well and as fully as you could did not have the, in your toolkit the capacity to deal with some of those things. And, and now, maybe naively so, I believe like I not only do I have tools, but I have support systems. I have, I have phone numbers to call. <laughs> I have people to get across the table with like you and, and, and some other people that are professionals to be able to help me. And, um, yeah, so it's almost, it, it's a very, very different, um, attitude toward it. It's like, okay, bring it on. Um, and I realize not everybody's there, but I want to speak from, from, from a perspective of maybe a, c a couple years down the road or somebody who's been paying attention to this life story work since my mid-20s, which makes like half my life now. Um, you know, this is good stuff. And I can't imagine how different my life would be without having this idea of mapping your story in my toolkit, mm -hmm. in in my... A, a way to sort out what's what my life is about. <laughs> right. Well, we are certainly each and every one of us called to make the world a more beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And the one of the first discoveries is discovering the beauty of who we are, mm -hmm. and really allowing that beauty to be reassembled and made co as complete on a continuing basis. It's, I don't know that it's a work that's ever done. I mean, I, I feel like uh, I'm the, sort of the oldest among us, and I am continuing in that work, and I'm continuing in reflecting on uh, how my story is unfolding, and it is nowhere done probably the hardest thing I have to do when I fill out a new form for some uh, doctor or something is to say, what do you do? And I, I still work, but I can't write that on the document <laughs> because then they want to know who my employer is and, and all of this, and it changes all the insurance things. So I have to write retired, and I say, that is so un. True. So oh untrue. my goodness. And, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm exhausted with your life. <laughs> <laughs> but but I just uh, I, I think it'll look different for each person. Yeah. But what I think is there'll be a sense of adventure even when life has a pace of slowing, there will be a fresh adventure mm -hmm. in that slowing. And uh, busy does not equal productive no mm -mm. and 
I think one of the beauties of being able to track your life story in this kind of way is that whatever it is that is going on, we have a different way of being in the midst of it. Yeah. And it can, there can be a slower pace and a peace inside of me, even when there's chaos around me, um, or to just be able to keep the peace, like what you do at the retreat center, um, at the Springs, to invite people into that kind of peace uh, that they don't experience in the hustle and bustle of their own, yeah. their own life. So if we were to, I don't know if it, we're sort of ready to bring it to a mm-hmm. sure bit are. of a close, but I just think the last line on this, you and I, will be better able to recognize your soul's impulses and efforts as it strains to give birth to its mission. Can you think of yourself at whatever age you are, there is always, there's a birthing process that is really going on in men and in women. And uh, God is, uh, is desiring that we better recognize it. And actually, that is what discernment is Mm -hmm. it is really discerning the will of god in the ordinary moments of each day and it is also discernment for some of the bigger decisions but recognizing and responding to god in our stories and that 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 takes the kind of work we've talked about that comes out of this uh well and that birthing quote that birthing process is slow and intentional yes. and there's some joy and there's some pain. pain. And uh, that's that's the work of our story as well. Yes. Yeah. But that birthing, there's an ending that opens up a beginning and there's yeah. the invitation that we started with. Hmm. So how would you phrase in closing um, your hope and prayer for the people who've listened to this conversation today? Well, I think I would... Um, use some of the statements that are on the um, Listen to My Life portfolio. Are, is something sort of stirring in your heart that you're just saying, I, I've kind of wanted to do some of this reassembling work. And um, I would say take the next step. You know, go on the One Life Maps website and look at those materials and say, could this be a tool for me, is there someone else I'd like to invite mm-hmm. to uh, companion uh, me on this journey? It, what is causing me to wait? So pay attention to if something is stirring in you that uh, I think I can live life more fully, but I can't live it more fully until I do some remembering and mm-hmm. some reassembling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joan, any? I, I guess I'm just thinking of, um, you know, the John 10, 10 verse. It's, it's actually right here on the, the um, along with the quote on the My Life Story map. It says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I mean, there's the invitation right there, right? Mm-hmm. And there's freedom in there. There's peace in there. But yeah, it takes some of this remembering, this reassembling and, um that that's what he's promise, promising us. So will we walk towards that? Will we pay attention yes, to that nudge, yes. that restlessness that we feel, maybe even right now as you're listening to this going, oh boy, and will we walk towards that? 
Yes, and can, if I can say one more thing. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So here's the way we answer the question that Joan has, has brought to us um, through the text to having life for the full. You say, you know, darn, my life was, well, okay, or it was awful. But if you are a Christ follower, you say, you know, when I get to heaven, all will be okay. That is just an awful way to live. And uh, to think that everything on this side is just kind of oh, the best that we can The waiting get. room. Yeah. But no, um, Good Richard enough. Rohr talks mm-hmm. about begin now, respond to that nudge. This is heaven all the way right. to heaven. Right. And, uh, mm. um, and, and uh, someone just shared with me about sort of really being in that space of mystery and feeling a bit of a nudge and just kind of saying, well, if I don't get it on this side, I'll get it on the other side. And I said to the person, but think of how many people would be blessed if you would do the work of entering this space now. Mm-hmm. A little bit of fear was just present in that particular person. They thought, oh, well, it'll all be okay um, on the other side. Maybe I can just ride this out. White knuckle it. Yeah. And I just, I just said, oh, my gosh, don't do this. This is not the way you want to live life. Yeah, it's a way of being. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation listening in as much as I have participating in it. So thanks so much for listening. You know, if you're, if you're motivated to take some action, um, we've got some ways you can do that. Uh, the website is onelifemaps.com. That's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. There's a contact form there if you have any questions for us. Um, it goes directly into my inbox, so use that. And um, we've got a couple things coming up that you need to know that, that we've got a whole lot of facil- facilitators, and um, you can go through Listen to My Life one-on-one with one of our facilitators, or you could gather a spiritual friend or a small group or whatever and, and move through the materials of Listen to My Life, the visual life mapping uh, process. Uh, we've got a virtual group coming that that will the three of us will be facilitating together that starts September 10th, and we are really hoping that we'll get a great crowd of people um, to join in on that. And then we we also do so as a part of that. You know, you'll be guided through the process on several different levels. And so if you're ready to dive in, this is the time to do it. September 10th, you can find the link to the um, to the, all the rest of the information at onelifemaps.com. Just scroll down that that uh, homepage very carefully, and you will find uh, the September 10th virtual coaching group uh, button to take you there. We are also doing a facilitator certification workshops on November 18th, 2019. We would very much appreciate it if you have gone through the process before then. That's why we have done the virtual group prior to the uh, the certification workshop, which will help you to be basically know how to modify and how to I mean, how to shape the experience around Listen to My Life for the particular people God's got you um, called to serve. 
So those things, and also uh, we do weekly uh, meditations, audio meditations for uh, those who support One Life Maps um, on through Patreon, which is a website, patreon.com slash One Life Maps is the address there. And uh, these audio meditations as our gift are just really beautiful ways to enter into a day or maybe close a day or maybe get yourself <laughs> refocused in the center of the day. Um, so, but I just want to thank a few of our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Leslie Dawson. Thank you, Dietrich Shoemaker. Thank you, Sherry Voida. Um, we sure appreciate, uh, your support and the support of many others, um, that, uh, help us do what we do with this podcast and the rest of what we do with One Life Maps and through Listen to My Life. So thanks for listening today. Um, we hope that you are tuned in to recognize and to respond to God in your story today and for the future because you have been blessed to be a blessing. Joan? Goodbye, everybody. Have a great day. Goodbye. Great to be with you. Take care. Bye-bye. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? You're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com, O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com.